Welcome to the Authentically Human with Hannah podcast, where we dive deep beneath the surface of what it means to be a human having this unique human experience. I'm your host, Hannah Skipsey, an intuitive human design coach with a passion for helping others come home to their truest, most authentic selves. This is a space for real conversation and unapologetic truth when it comes to the intricacies, nuance and contrast of this one beautiful life. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode four of Authentically Human with Hannah. I'm excited to be here with you all again for this solo episode where I'm here to share about that experience in our lives when everything feels like it's crumbling around us and we're left in this limbo land of darkness and uncertainty and confusion and often fear. So this can be an experience that we experience experience that we experience many times in our life, or perhaps we're lucky enough to just have it the once, but at the end of the day, we're here having a human experience. We are souls who have come to this earthly plane to experience what it is to be human. And in that process, we're obviously going to be coming up against the, the beauty of life and also the not so beautiful parts, the the darker parts of life, the parts that create that consistent, not consistency, that contrast where we can really appreciate those beautiful moments because we have experienced the darkest moments. So I call this particular experience the unraveling And to kick this episode off, I'm going to read some words that I wrote in regards to this experience. Sometimes we have to go through what feels like an unraveling, a rebirth of all that we are and all that we know, a time of shedding bit by bit the person we were in order to make room for the person that we're becoming. Letting go of the sturdy walls and the hard floor beneath us that gave us security, comfort, a constructed sense of belonging and understanding, a bearing in which to make sense of the world and our position in it. And while this season may feel dark, it may feel scary, and it will likely feel very lonely, please remember this. You're being pulled towards the version of you that no longer fits in your current reality, the version that fits your future and all that you are yet to manifest and create in this lifetime. Who you came here to be lies on the other side of this in-between the space that feels murky, uncertain, and full of confusion, the space that has you questioning everything you knew or know to be true, and it will be okay. 
as disorienting as this space feels, you will find your feet once again and awaken into something much deeper, even more beautiful than you can imagine. Because in order to step into and birth our true self, our old self, our egoic sense of self and the identity that we've constructed can be no more. So trust, surrender to living life more fully, embrace the darkness and know that the true beauty of life is not found in its light and perfection, but rather its contrast to darkness and imperfection. Now, of course, the unraveling is going to look different to everyone. But I think for those of us who have been through it or are currently experiencing it, we can all probably agree (laughs) that it can be very disorientating. It can be incredibly confusing and it can bring up a lot of fear. And that was certainly the case for me. So when I went through this particular process, it took me completely by surprise because I'd been living in a way that felt so in control for so long, yet I didn't realise my body and my nervous system was at a state of max capacity and so it didn't take much for my nervous system to go into a state of fight, flight, freeze response and stay there for quite some time because I hadn't been aware of or looking for the signs that I needed to make a change, that I needed to slow down, that I needed to say no to the things that my inner knowing knew I needed to say no to, but I was too terrified of upsetting people, of doing something that wasn't accepted by society at large. And so I ignored my inner knowing that had known for for many years that I needed to make a change. And so sometimes we are forced to make the change as difficult and uncomfortable as that may be. And at the time, it felt like my life was completely falling apart. It felt like I had lost control of everything and I was in such a dark place that I honestly, I couldn't see a way out. And being in this state and living in this state of utter fear and terror made me contemplate leaving and checking out early, as difficult as it is to share that with you all. But I I guess I want to share that because this is no joke (laughs) 
And I'm certainly not here to say that this experience is just normal and that you have to breeze through it and, you know, it's all going to happen for a reason and there's a light at the end of the tunnel and all of that shit because when you're going through it, that's the last thing you need to hear, to be honest. You really need someone who can sit there with you, can be there with you and, and at least help you feel not so alone. So there were a sequence of events that occurred in my life that led me to being at max capacity, like I said, where my body eventually went into shutdown. And it happened very quickly, very suddenly, and it scared the living daylights out of me. So... I'll share another episode down the track on what I'm about to mention now, but I experienced some trauma in the way of miscarriage and then very soon after that initial miscarriage, a molar pregnancy in the height of COVID and lockdowns and the world just going batshit crazy (laughs) and it was too much. It was just I could not deal. And while I went through that experience and my molar pregnancy experience, you know, this is something that I'll talk to you more about in a future episode because it deserves an entire episode on its own, but Molar pregnancies uh, can be incredibly scary and they don't leave you time to grieve the fact that you are no longer pregnant and not not only are you no longer pregnant but where the baby was meant to be growing, you grew a tumour instead, (laughs) essentially. Um, A bundle of cells that obviously did not form a baby and this tumor obviously needs to be removed but once that takes place your journey isn't over there you are monitored every single week Uh, for me it was six months long of having weekly blood tests During COVID, might I add, so things were already pretty hairy with, you know, going to hospitals and clinics and having all of these checkups and just navigating this new world while my body is trying to grieve, but my priority was surviving, in all honesty. Because what many people don't realize is that with a molar pregnancy comes the risk of developing cancerous cells. And so the weekly blood testing, for me, I'd already 
had a level of health anxiety uh, from my time working as a nurse. So for me, I felt like I just, I knew so much about what could go wrong. And I've always had that element of anxiety around my health and developing cancer, having watched a number of my patients die of cancer. And in more recent times, sorry, supporting my beautiful mother-in-law through cancer. She sadly passed away recently, so (laughs) hence the emotion. So when I was told that there was no baby, but there was a tumour and I needed to have it removed ASAP because there was a risk that they could turn into cancerous cells. Everything sort of stopped, but also sped up at the same time. So I had to immediately have a chest X-ray to ensure that the cancer, if there was cancer, hadn't spread to my lungs already. So I, I, I went from being incredibly sick, thinking that I was having twins, to being told by the sonographer on my own, because Daniel wasn't allowed in there due to lockdown, that there was no heartbeat and there was in fact a bunch of malformed cells that needed to be removed ASAP. I needed to go to ED right now to have those cells removed via a DNC. To having that DNC, to then being told I needed to have a chest X-ray as a baseline for this next journey I was about to embark on, um, to then having a <laughs> having the hospital call me and tell me that there was a a node that they found on my chest X-ray that they needed to explore more. Um, to having health anxiety around cancer as it was, to having to go back to hospital and have another chest X-ray to confirm whether this node was cancer or wasn't cancer. Thankfully, it was nothing, apparently. To then beginning my weekly blood tests for six months so that they could ensure my HCG levels were reducing. In molar pregnancies, they skyrocket, which is how you know that you have a molar pregnancy. The HCG levels in those early first weeks of pregnancy are just huge. Um, And so they need to come down to below five and you need to have them below five for three weeks in a row in order to be considered clear. So that took me six months. Now, when your HCG levels are high, it just means that there's still that concern that the the cells could be um, 
obviously dividing and, and causing cancer. So anyway, this isn't a podcast episode on molar pregnancy, but just for that background information and, and sort of how I got to this place. Um, I went through that. I was given the all clear in, when was it? It was uh, March of last year, 2022. And once I'd been given the all clear, it was like my body just went, what the fuck? We cannot do this anymore because I had been living in a state of just sheer survival mode for those six months, just waiting for these results every week, waiting to see had they increased? Did this mean that I was going to be called into the hospital for um, a consult on which chemo to be started on? And when, when I was given that all clear, my body just lost, lost the fucking plot, really. And I began to, I guess, feel incredibly anxious is one minor way of putting it, but wake up every day um, with this feeling of intense fear. So it came on from what felt like all of a sudden to me waking up in the mornings and not being able to get out of bed because I was too terrified to move. And this was incredibly confronting for myself, for Daniel, who was my partner, who was supporting me through this, um, for my daughter, who didn't understand what was happening. But I, for close to three months, was unable to leave my house. Often I couldn't physically move from the couch to go to the kitchen or to the bathroom because the, the only way I can describe it is it felt like I was sitting on the couch and there was literally a lion <laughs> screaming or roaring in my face, like just the fear that I experienced in that particular season was something I cannot put into words. So I I was in that complete state of freeze and shutdown. So my nervous system was just like, no, nah. <laughs> it had reached its capacity. I was I was in a constant state of either freeze, so the that dorsal vagal um, dorsal vagal state, or I was in fight flight so the sympathetic state my body just couldn't seem to regulate and get back to a parasympathetic state where I felt relaxed and peaceful and able to actually speak to people and you know when we talk about the nervous system and being in that dorsal or that sympathetic state your social engagement system is offline completely. So, you know, I couldn't talk to people. I couldn't return messages. 
I wasn't able to leave the house and do normal things like pick my daughter up from school or drop her off at school or go to the shops. Um, just those simple things that I, and I guess we all take for granted, you know, being able to get out there and interact with the world around us. It was just impossible for me. And, you know, this is when I received a diagnosis of OCD. Um, Again, that's going to be a whole other podcast episode because it's highly misunderstood. Um, OCD is one of the most debilitating and terrifying illnesses that one can experience. Um, There are lots of thoughts, schools of thoughts around OCD. You know, many people believe, and, you know, I certainly do believe this, that it can be the result of unprocessed trauma in the body. It's a trauma response. That's quite controversial, but I was given that diagnosis and I was also told I had um, panic disorder, agoraphobia, and generalized anxiety. So it was all of this at once which kept my world very, very small. And not many people know what was going on at this time in my life because obviously I'm not sitting here broadcasting it. I literally couldn't shower myself. Um, But I'm sharing this because I want to show what can happen if we fail to listen to our bodies, if we continue living in a way that no longer feels in alignment. And I'm not saying this to scare you. Obviously, we all process these things very differently. This was just the reaction my body had. Um, But in or at this time, I felt so fucking alone. I mean, my partner, Daniel, he tried to understand what was happening. But when you're not in it, it's just, it's really, it's difficult to understand why all of a sudden my partner can't get up like she has, you know, since we had a child uh, to drop her to school in the morning, why that was so difficult, why going to walk the dog as a family to the cafe just down the road was absolutely impossible for me. And I remember trying that one morning and thinking I just need to push myself here and I need to try and put the fear and anxiety aside and see how far I can can go. And I remember the three of us going for a walk in the morning and the moment I set foot out that door, the world started spinning around me. I started hyperventilating Um It just felt too much and I had left my safe space of the house and I'd opened myself to the world, which I just, I had no capacity to process in that moment. 
So it was a very, very dark and scary time in my life where I was really, (laughs) I, I lost all ability to function as a normal human. Um, I couldn't make dinner. I couldn't get up out of my bed to get up and shower myself in the morning. Um, I remember forcing myself to go and pick my daughter up from school one afternoon just because I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. And having the biggest panic attack of my life, I remember, and I don't think I'll ever forget this, I remember getting to her school and experiencing derealization and depersonalization for the first time. So when the world around me, it just, it felt like I wasn't real and I was invisible. So I was sort of getting out of the car and I'm like, it felt like I was in a dream and everything around me wasn't real. And this can happen when you're in that intense state of sympathetic dominance and um, dorsal vagal state of the nervous system. Again, that'll be another episode. But, you know, I've since studied the nervous system and the role of our vagus nerve in this particular response because, you know, obviously once I came out of this phase, I was like, I just need to know everything I possibly can about why this happened. And in doing so, I really, I felt like I gained my power back over myself and I didn't feel so powerless um, like I did in that experience where it felt like my body was just losing the plot and there was nothing I could do about it. So from what I know now and the study that I've done on the nervous system and the vagus nerve, there are so many things that you can do in this state to bring our um, prefrontal cortex back online because that shuts down when you're in that state of fight flight. Um, So lots of somatic practices, uh, not so much, you know, talking um, and just the, the typical, you know, psychology uh, treatment, you know, that's fine. And if that's something that you prefer, then totally stick with that. But for me, it did not help. Um, and this is where, you know, I am going to be studying further, um, somatic embodiment and being able to coach people through these types of experiences, maybe not so drastic. It doesn't have to be a a drastic experience like that, but just the ways that we can bring our prefrontal cortex back online when we feel so helpless and powerless in that state. There are movements and tools that we can use that focus on our body and the sensations of our body um, that can obviously bring us back into a more parasympathetic state. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. So that was three months of my life, Um, not being able to do anything at all, 
Daniel, my partner, just took over completely. He was just next level incredible. Um, I obviously wasn't working in that time. And in all honesty, in those three months, I didn't feel like I'd ever be able to work again. It just, it didn't feel like I'd ever come out of that state. Every single morning I woke up, I just felt this extreme amount of fear and terror and dread. And I remember thinking, will, like, is it possible that this could end one day? Because it was just a part of my life in the end. And I'm happy to say that it did. (laughs) Um, You know, here I am just over a year later and I am working. I never thought I'd be able to hold down a job ever again. Um, You know, I do work four days a week for a non-government organisation in the palliative care space, which I absolutely love. Um, Here I am launching a human design business, launching a podcast. You know, I feel more myself than I ever have in my life. I feel more empowered to be myself and to express myself authentically than I ever have in my life. And I feel that I am in this place now because there needed to, in my particular experience, there needed to be an element of shit hitting the fan or my life sort of crumbling to the ground in order for the me, the real authentic me, to have the space and the capacity to be not reborn, I feel like that's so cliched, but in order for me to step into my true authentic power and to remember who I am, what I'm capable of, and what I'm here to do. And while I would never have said this when I was going through that experience, when I was in the thick of it, and I, like I said, I contemplated checking out early because I felt like such a burden on my family. I felt like I had failed as a mother because I wasn't able to take my daughter to school or play with her or take her for a walk or take her to the playground. (sighs) But here I am really understanding that that experience really needed to happen in order for me to be where I am now. And again, I feel that that can be quite cliched and I'm not here to invalidate anyone's experience. And I know how fucking hard this unraveling can be. And you obviously you don't have to be in a state of sheer terror and shutdown and agoraphobia and OCD and all of the things in order to experience a rebirth of your true authentic self. It doesn't have to be that drastic, but 
If it is, I understand and I'm not invalidating that experience and I'm not saying, look, you're going to be fine. It's all going to be worth it on the other side because fuck that. I, yeah, wouldn't have been happy if someone said that to me in the moment. (laughs) But I just want to say that, you know, I didn't believe that where I am right now was ever going to be possible for me. And my life, I feel, has grown in more beauty and capacity and my love for myself and the world around me has just exploded tenfold. I feel such a deep connection to myself after that experience. I feel so much love for the inner child that was so incredibly scared through that three-month journey because, you know, we all have an inner child and when these experiences happen and when trauma starts to surface and triggers start to occur, it is our our inner child, that, that little Hannah in me that really needed comfort in that moment and and was experiencing a lot of pain um I've lost my train of thought now anyway that was what happened (laughs) and this is a message of hope in some roundabout way just to say that These experiences, these dark, dark moments in our life emphasize the beauty and the magic and the power that we have within ourselves. And I can see now that I had been ignoring my true authentic nature. I'd been ignoring the inner compass telling me to stop, to say no, to change course and at the end of the day we have within us what's called an inner monopole so this is a human design term and it's something that resides within all of us that is constantly guiding us along the path that we chose to come into this lifetime to experience. So you can't possibly be on the wrong path because you're eventually going to be subtly or maybe not so subtly pulled back onto that direction or into that direction that you chose to come here to journey along. And, you know, this can be experienced through, yeah, like I said, subtle messages where you're forced to make a slight course correction or it can be in big fuck off moments where you're like holy shit my world has just broken (laughs) and we rebuild in a way that is more beautiful and more magnetic and more magical 
than we could have ever believed possible. So I hope that has helped somebody. My objective with this podcast is, like I said, and like the the podcast title alludes to, to show up authentically. And I wasn't able to share that story for a long time, but I feel called to share it now, which is why I'm starting this podcast, because I felt so fucking alone through that experience. And I don't ever want anyone to feel alone again in that experience because it breaks my heart to think that there are other people out there experiencing what I experienced and people who might have had enough and decided to leave before their time was up. Um, And I just, I want that person to know that they are loved, that they are needed, and they are here for a very special reason. And my DMs are always open (laughs) for anyone who might be going through a dark night of the soul, who might not remember what it feels like to see light, who might not feel like there's any point in going on and who might feel like a burden to others because you're here for a reason and you're needed and I promise you it's going to be okay. Thanks for listening. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something juicy in its content that you can take away with you today. Thank you so much for listening and choosing to be here with me as a member of my audience. I feel truly honored to be sharing this content and energy with you. If you did find value in what was shared with you today, can I please ask this one thing of you? Share the episode on your socials, tagging me at humanlydesigned underscore so we can reach more people with these important messages. And don't forget to drop me a DM and say hi. I literally love connecting with you all and hearing all about your unique human experiences. Until next time.